0: is the
1: UnderCenter Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Center Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Marr, and I am joined by two of the newest narrators for the upcoming Hard Knock series on the Dallas Cowboys, Jake Woolhead and Pium Malloy. Lads, Liv Schreiber has been fantastic the last few years doing uh, narration, but who better than a Giants fan and a Washington fan to do narration on the preseason camp for the Dallas Cowboys,
2: it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to, it, to shredding apart the Cowboys much more than they have been of uh, recent years. So I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know about Fionn, but I definitely am.
0: Yeah, now 100. percent It's not going to be positive. It's going to be completely negative. We're going to get them to clip every drop ball in the pre- in the preseason. We're going to get it all the worst possible Zeke falling on his arse, his cereal spilling all over his stupid half cut top.
1: It's going to be it's going to be brilliant watching. <laughs> So if I can't. I. I think. I. I know it's only a joke, but I actually do think there should be an alternative commentary provided by fans of opposition teams for Hard Knocks. I think that would make things so much more interesting. I think, like back home. <laughs> if back home here, like uh, on on the football that you play over on this side of the pond, remember they used to have the the fan commentary for Sky yeah. Sports and stuff. Yeah. That's what they should do now for for Hard Knocks. I think we just uh, stumbled across a fantastic idea, but apart from stumbling across fantastic ideas we are also on the home straight of our off-season series we have just two teams left to talk about and it's actually the two Super Bowl teams from last season to talk about later on in the week we'll be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but tonight our sole focus is on the Kansas City Chiefs the reigning AFC champions and we have uh, on the show today uh, JP from the Chiefs Focus First and 10 podcast and the Chiefs Focus Twitter page. JP, it's great to have you on. How are you?
3: Hey, thanks for having me on, man. I'm doing good. How about you guys?
1: Doing all the better for talking to you today. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, we're going to talk a lot of Chiefs. We're going to have a look at uh, their offseason. We're going to look at the season upcoming. But unfortunately, you probably have talked about it to death and you probably hate to revisit it, but we've got to talk about (laughs) The Super Bowl, um, you know, unfortunately, O line issues cost were one of the reasons, obviously, that cost the the Chiefs um, the the Super Bowl uh, just this past February against Tampa Bay in in a game that seemed to be uh, one that the offense could never really get on top of things um, and could never really do anything to. Uh, countered that Tampa Bay defense. We're a couple of months removed from the Super Bowl now. Have you? How many times have you looked back now at the game to oh sort of uh, to sort of look to sort <clears throat> of even see what what went wrong and what needs to change in the
3: coming year? Well, we knew probably week five that we were going to have problems with the offensive line. I mean, really, from week two on, it was shuffled around so much that. I mean, Swartz was hurt a lot. Then Fisher got hurt. We didn't have mm-hmm. LDT. We were just struggling. I mean, when it finally got to, I guess, the Buffalo, the AFC Championship mm-hmm. game, uh, Fisher was done. So our last starter on the offensive line was gone, and Mahomes got hurt. So we're sitting there and like, oh, shit, you know, they're so good that it's it's really hard. I mean, they played with, a really crappy offensive line for the last i guess through the playoffs and maybe i'd say through from week 12 to 16 it was really bad but again they were so damn good that it was it, it was hard pressed to see them not score any touchdowns but again going into the super bowl you're going against a top 2 defense and a third and fourth string offensive line that really had no clue what they were doing trying to protect a guy that's injured in Mahomes, and he still did. I got to tell you, I mean, statistically, he was better than than other than touchdowns. He was better than Brady. He had better numbers than Brady, but he always has better numbers. Most guys have better numbers than Brady. I mean, when you really, it all boils down to it. I mean, people can say what they want. Some jack off on Twitter today got mouthy with me about Brady, and I'm not the one to deal with when it comes. To, I can't stand that fucker. Excuse my language. Um, I cannot stand him. I don't like the guy. I mean, he took $941,000 from the PPP plan for a nonprofit and then bought a million-dollar boat the next day. What kind of person does that? That's already worth $800 million. makes no sense. But regardless, um, you know, you had a referee that named her kid after Brady in the Super Bowl. That was a conflict of interest. Um, multiple late flags. You know, every time a did something or our defense did something, flag, they waited until the play was done then threw a flag. So it's like, you know, it mimicked the 18 ASC championship game against Brady to a T. The difference was, is that we couldn't score. He had a better defense in Tampa than he did in, in, in the 18 ASC championship game. And Brady lives on defenses, if you've noticed. I mean, they're getting ready. They're, one of their wide receivers is trying to be traded right now because he don't want to be in New England anymore. But he didn't do shit with Brady. And, and everybody's, well, it's his fault because he wasn't any good. No, it's not. Brady's never, the the, the Patriots and Brady have never been great at cultivating talent. If he put talent in front of him, yeah, he's going to throw the ball to you. But a draft pick, never going to happen. And that kid wants out. And I don't blame him. I mean, I'd want out too. He's got no chance there. They've never been great at that. You know, they've been great at top 10 defenses, top five defenses. That's what Brady's lived on his entire career. If you look at all of his statistical years, he's an average quarterback. He just played in a really good fucking system. I mean, and and among other things, but with that Super Bowl, I I really don't put a whole lot on it. I mean, yeah, I was pissed at the time and and I watched the situation at the time and what really unfolded. And I know things were said on the field um, within our own players. I mean, I can tell you now some of the players at halftime walked up and said, there's no fucking way we're going to win this game. It's Mm -hmm. impossible. And they knew they saw the writing on the wall at halftime. It had nothing to do with the offensive line, really. It was what was going on, other than the field of play. I'll just mm-hmm. put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't put a whole lot into it, man. I mean, it, it. It. You know, it was a game that we were really, really suffering injury-wise. We had no Sammy Watkins. We had, you know, we had no offensive line. We didn't have much of anything. You know, we had mm-hmm. a quarterback and two wide receivers, in Kelsey and and, and Hill. That's what we had.
1: Yeah.
0: You know Well, JP, we, we got rid of the tough question to start with. So we move on to, to brighter times. Obviously, not only were you in the Super Bowl this season, but the Super Bowl last season as well. That was a much happier time. And you've really seemed to keep the team very stable in terms of the stars that you've accumulated and, and keeping that talent where it is. You've obviously got a superstar in my homes. The line you mentioned struggled, but I think, did you guys let some guys go and sign some really top talent back Oof. again? So yeah. it 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 looks even stronger than it was before somehow. So things must be looking very bright in the in the Chiefs camp at the moment.
3: Oh my god! I mean, you know, Veach, Let me tell you, people, you know, I'm I'm like the most unbiased person you'll ever meet. I will say, if somebody makes a mistake, I don't care what team they're on. Veach is probably the, in fact, he is in the 33 years I've been around football and up close and personal with football. He is the best GM I've ever seen. There's nobody better than that guy. He, he's a contract guru. He's a player's GM. He actually, you know, when we decided to make that change with Fisher and Swartz, he called Mahomes and he called everybody into a room and he said, look, this is what we think needs to be done. What do you think? He didn't pull the Green Bay Packers and say, fuck you, Aaron Rodgers. I don't care what you think he actually cares what his players think. And why would you not want your Hall of Fame quarterback to have some input, you know, to actually care, you know, to, to, to show that you have some feelings about his understanding of the game and what he wants to do. And that's what Veach does. And, you know, everybody was, like I said, I, was, I told you guys before the show, man, during the draft, I slept an hour a night. I must have had 100 DMs a night. What, why the hell did Veach pass on this guy? Why? Do you, I said, everybody calm down. He knows what he's doing. I knew who he was going after, but I wasn't going to spew it all over Twitter, you know, on any other social media platform for that matter. But he, he had an a plus draft and he had a great free agency. I mean, he picked up guys that, and then people said, Oh God, he missed on, um, Williams. And he missed on, um, oh, one other one. I can't remember who it was. Oh, Juju who gives a shit. Um, you know, it wasn't a miss. When people say that to me, I say, do you think it was actually a miss or do you think it was maybe he just dodged a bullet? Because, yeah, he was trying to – I think at that point, especially with um, with Williams, he was trying to fill a gap because he didn't think he was going to be able to fill it later on. So he wanted he was going to throw a lot of money at that guy. For a guy that was 33 years old that just came off of a seizing in the injury and you're going to put him on the O line at that kind of money?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And then San Francisco dove on him. I mean, I was getting a call at like 1245 in the morning. And they said, pen to paper, he signed. I said, do you want me to put it out? No, wait wait until he signs, because that's we've been down that road before. And thank God I did, because five minutes later, San Francisco swooped in and said, oh, wait, we'll give you this. We'll extend it another year. Mm-hmm. Wirt Veach wasn't stupid. He wasn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. So he went and made, honestly, he made the Ravens look stupid. He made That was probably the best, honestly, the best acquisition of the free agency was bringing in Orlando Brown. I mean, they gave up, they, we gave him basically, really when it all boils down to it, we gave him one draft pick for a superstar offensive lineman that is going to play the position that he wants to play, you know. So he stacked the whole O-line back to back to back. You know, he's got enough guys now that just like when Kyle Long went down, And they said, "Okay, shit, is he going to be hurt? And believe me, I got the million DMs. I had newscasters calling me. Have you heard what happened to him? Do you know what it is? I heard he got hurt. I'm not going to say anything. I said, yeah, he got hurt. And they, I heard he broke his tibia. No, he didn't break his tibia. What did he break? I don't think he broke anything. Then it was on Twitter. He broke his foot, his tibia, his knee. Um, I think he cracked his head open, somebody said. And he got his eye put out all these motherfuckers said all this crazy shit I'm like where are you getting this information at because I wasn't around for this and I'm talking to guys that are on the field when this shit
0: happened <laughs> like, geez, I, I want to see the tackle that does all that damage yeah, in the morning no,
3: that's remember yeah, I mean, he hit by a fucking heat. truck or something I mean I thought he got hit by a truck I thought man he was the street fucking trash truck got him I didn't know I mean but um Orlando Brown
0: come... rolled on him maybe that's the only that's the only chance that gets yeah, that no I mean
3: You know, and Orlando Brown, I got to say, has become. It's almost like he's played here for the last three years. It's crazy how he adapted to this team so quickly. It's almost like he he belonged. Well, he does belong here. I mean, he's really done a great job transitioning and he's happy. You know, he's happy to be here. And, you know, I hear other things that he has said about his former team. And it makes me laugh when I hear it, because, I mean, what he's saying and what we've all thought is actually true. You know, so it's kind of like, eh, this is good stuff. So it's, it's, it's nice, nice to see. But, you know, he's done a great job with V's done a phenomenal job, him and Andy, pulling in the right players, getting them acclimated and getting them ready for a starting position. You know, it just, that's what they do. You know, that's what their MO is.
1: So, yeah. And, and, like you were mentioning, the O-line seemed to have been a, a point of emphasis in the offseason season to improve, and they've definitely done that. Like you've mentioned, you've mentioned Orlando Brown. You've mentioned um, uh, other names that you didn't get to mention. Joe Tooney, um, oh, yeah. Austin Blight was a, it was a sneaky good yeah, pickup, right. up um, But on, uh, on the draft side of things, I think the the pickup that really caught my eye the most, and I think is a really really good one because um, I I didn't we didn't get the chance to speak about it before, but I'm a Seattle fan, and this was a player that I was hoping that they were going to get in the second round, and that was Creed Humphrey. Oh God, he <laughs> is uh, play who's going to um, probably be your center for the next 10, 15 years. He, he is a fantastic player. And I um, it was him and, and Quinn Miners are two players that I was looking at for hoping Seattle would get, but obviously um Humphrey went went to uh Kansas City.
3: Yeah. Great pickup. I mean, that's again, Veach, you know, pulling up, pulling somebody out that a lot of guys just kind of ignored, you know, a lot of, a lot of teams just by uh, him, you know, I mean, it, it he's going to be, I think he's going to start immediately. Um, from what I'm hearing, he's an instant starter. So I think that, you know, with, and then of course, Chiltonie, I mean, that, that's without being said an amazing signing right there in its own right. But, um, you know, he's filled every shoe that needed to be filled with the exception maybe of one. And he's working on that right now. And they're not done yet. Believe me, there's a second wave of the, of the, free agency coming, you know, that'll happen in what, mid-September, October, whenever it is. And he'll pick up another one. If it's not now, it'll be then. And I know it's on the defensive side of the ball, but uh, I'm not going to say who he's looking at or what he wants, but uh, I do know that. And he ah, did, go you know,
1: on. No one's going to listen to it. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, I've heard that bullshit before. Um,
3: <laughs> let me tell you, uh, you know who is absolutely um, – Going to be a star on the defensive side of the ball. And I think people are underrating him completely. Jared Reed from Seattle.
1: I oh, mean, I know. I know Jared Reed quite well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah.
3: He's going to fit right in with this defense. So, um, uh,
1: JP, I'm loving this show because
0: you're really rubbing salt in pretty much all of Dara's. <laughs> room from
1: season pickups to draft choices i
0: I absolutely love it look at them squirming up there at the top of the screen look at least
1: at least we know seattle and kansas city are on the same wavelength in terms they know what they need and they're going for the right players yeah seattle just just can't get them
3: yeah (laughs) you know it's weird i i look at seattle and i think god they got in my opinion probably the top a top three quarterback you know russell wilson's no slouch you know if I had to pick three quarterbacks in the league right now I'd say Mahomes, Rodgers and Wilson. Right now in the league. There's I don't mm-hmm. think there's a better three quarterbacks in the league right now. Um but they it seems like you know you hear all the chatter and the bullshit about problems with Pete Carroll and uh, just different things all that. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a, from a drafting standpoint or if it's an issue with within the locker I don't know. I don't know what it is, but they seem to—they start off like gangbusters, and then it's like they drop so quickly. And you think, God, you know, it—it almost—it's reminiscence of what the Chiefs used to do. You know, when they had Alex Smith. Don't ever get me wrong. I love Alex Smith. I mean, he's the reason why Mahomes is as good as he is. One of the main reasons. Um, he didn't help him so much. I mean, I'll give it. I'll put it like this: Talent Mahomes was born with because I know his dad, and believe me when I tell you, he was born with that talent. But. When it comes to understanding the game and being, um, I guess, not the Brett Favre gunslinger, not thinking about what you're doing and just you know do it type of shit, that's all Alex Smith. He taught him all that, and that was something that Alex didn't have to do. He could have pulled the Joe Flacco and said, it's "Not my job," but he didn't do that. You know, he knew that kid was taking his job, but he still did everything he could to help him. But that's how the Chiefs were, going back to that. You know, mm-hmm. for five years, we get to the playoffs, we look like Nobody could stop us and we get our asses handed to us in the first round. Or, you know, it it was just, it was weird how I look at Seattle and I think, God, what the hell are they missing? You know, I don't know if it's coaching or what it is because they got, they usually, there's been times that they had everything in place. And then you got, of course, Wilson that ran for pretty much every down for three years, you know, so that that didn't help much. And I don't know why he did that. I don't know if it was a, a wide receiver situation or if he just felt like he needed to run. I really don't know. Um, maybe you it can answer that. An
1: than me. It was definitely an o line situation, lack, yeah. lack of an old line, lack of an o line situation. <laughs> you know, they well, were that's like the, shitty they on were, the Seattle's part. Am they I, were like you know, Western movie saloon doors. You know, you just pushed <laughs> them and they just they just gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way it was. Just there for for years with the old line in, in Seattle. Seattle. Um, but yeah, no, look, it's it's a. It's a in in short, because I don't want to spend too much time on Seattle, we can do that on another on another show. But it's a, it's a lack of Plan B, especially it was the killer for them last season. It was yeah. the let Russ cook movement, and when Russ couldn't uh, throw the ball to anyone, they just didn't have a Plan B. Yeah, um, well, we've so been through that, dude. I mean, we yeah. you
3: know we we went through it really last year. I mean, we knew our offensive line was hurting, you know, from really especially from about week five six on, and. I guess they assumed that because Mahomes is so talented and the wide receiver core is so talented and the running backs that he'd be okay, which he was all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, he breathes through the playoffs, you know, except for the little bit of a hiccup from, it really wasn't a hiccup, but it was more of a close game, I guess, from Cleveland. And that was more bullshit calls than it was anything else. Um, hell, our backup quarterback beat him when it all boiled down to it, our backup quarterback, that got bricks for feet, you know, decided he was going to run that ball. And then they didn't give him the first down when he cleared it by a half yard. And they still didn't give him the first down, but that's okay. He threw another one to Tyreek, Tyreek <laughs> kneeled down and that was it. It was over with, you know, so it, it, we, we smoked the bills, you know, we made the bills look shitty, you know, which yeah. I don't, I think they're overrated anyway, but um, it's, it's, it's a different year, man. And Mahomes has really won that 20 and 0. I mean, now he's got the whole team. And one thing about Mahomes is that he is really good at getting everybody to buy into everything. I mean, these guys, I've never been around a group of guys that are more of a brotherhood than this group is. It's crazy, but players have cried when they left Kansas City because they didn't want to leave. You know, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. Guys will take pay cuts. They'll do whatever it is to stay here, which we've never had that, man. You know, we guys, if, if we were in a situation five years ago, everybody would have left. Yeah. Oh, you're going to cut my pay by a dollar? Fuck you. I'm gone. Now it's like, take half my paycheck, you know, put it at mm-hmm. the end. I don't care what you do. As long as I'm yeah. still living in my house and I'm still, can, you know, a contender for the Super Bowl, who cares? And that's what they've got. You know, everybody restructured It's so funny because I'm going to go back to this really quick because it was kind of comical. This tells you some of the cheese fans. Okay. This will help you a little bit when I told you guys off the show that some of the Chiefs fans are a little off. Um, And sometimes I think they're just trolls from other teams. I'm not real sure, but it's hard to tell sometimes. But anyway, um, in 2000, let's see, I guess it was the 19th season in October. um, Everybody kept bitching about, how are we going to pay Mahomes? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And I had already found out that Sammy and seven other players decided to restructure so I put it out there and I said, you know, you guys are whining about shit that doesn't need to be whined about. He's him along with six, seven other players are going to restructure unless one of them gets taken. And man, I had some large outlets come after me. You're out of your fucking mind. I've never heard that. I said, well, it's because nobody <laughs> said it, you know. And at the end of the season, Sammy restructured, six other players restructured. One of them got, went to Washington. And I think it was Washington. Isn't that where Kendall Fuller ended up?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. Four-year yeah. $40 million yeah. deal.
0: Yeah.
3: I wanted him back, by the way.
0: Um, so he's a good He's a good corner. I'm happy we got him.
3: You know what? He's a better safety. People don't mm. realize it, but he's a damn good safety. I mean, we, we moved him from outside to inside. Oh, my God. What a difference he made. You know, it was hard to watch him walk away. And I was hoping we'd get him back, but that didn't happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you never know. Things can change, but uh, um, he's, he's great. I mean, you know, and, and he was willing to restructure. So, and then again, this year it happened, Chris Jones, you know, all these guys, Travis Kelsey, a bunch of guys restructured just to help the team. And it's going to happen again. We're going to sign an extension more than likely with Tyron. It's about 90%, 95% done. And you got Frank Clark that we don't know what's going to happen with him yet, but um, he just can't seem to, stop carrying guns um, in a state that you're really fucked. If you carry a gun in it, but it's not like here, you know where I'm at, you can walk around with a fricking AK 47, but you go, you go there and you got a gun in your, you know, the guns in the front car, the clips in the middle and the bullets are in the back. They're going to give you a felony. Mm
0: -hmm, And he
3: already got caught once with a gun and he gets caught with a fucking Uzi in his car. So, you know, regardless of whose gun it was, he's saying it was the security guards. It may have been, who knows, but Shouldn't have in your car. It's yep. that simple, yep. you know. I mean, you just got a hundred and five million dollar contract, dude. Put the guns away. Stay at home. You know, if you got, yeah. a, if you're that worried when you leave, stay at home. It's that simple. It's a hundred and five million. You're pissing down the drain if you get put in prison over a stupid ass gun that didn't even have a bullet in it. It was the clip was not even in the gun. Mm-hmm. There's no, it wasn't even chambered. So that's how bad it is in California. They don't believe in guns, man. But um, it just kind of is what it is. But yeah, man. I mean, it, it, I, I think you're going to see a different Chiefs. Team. They're, they're very, they're so motivated right now just from all the bullshit about Tom Brady. They are more motivated than ever right now. I mean, we're going to see what happens, but that's what it looks like.
2: Hey, JP. I have one guy that I'm really excited about that I love on the Kansas City Chiefs is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, obviously last year he had what I think 803 rushing yards, four touchdowns rushing. He's just a guy I think is is perfectly suited to be on the Chiefs defense, our Chiefs offense. Um, what's the, what do you think of him? What I'm excited to hear your opinion on him.
3: Oh, Clyde is a sick, sick runner. The one thing about him, he he does remind me of Kareem in some ways, but he has his own style that I can say is. Um, How should I should have word this. He he can do a little bit more than Kareem could. Um, he's he can run up the middle, which Kareem was not the greatest at. He was great on the outside corners, and he could barely bring him down. Clyde's the same way, but he's got more. He's more versatile. He's got a lot more versatility than I think uh, Kareem did. He just hasn't had a chance to prove. It. He got injured, and he didn't really have a chance to prove that. But and plus with the offensive line, and he still did great with the offensive line. is crappy. I mean, he outplayed Bell. You know, Bell, every time, you know, two yards, a yard, two yards, a yard. He finally got a touchdown, what, week nine or whatever it was. But uh, I think Clyde has all the attributes to be top three runner in the league without fail. You know, he's just, he's a beast. Kid's strong. And he's he, he knows how to get skinny, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But he can get between the tackles like nobody, man. He, he That's where he reminds me of Kareem, because Kareem was like that. Kareem could get skinny when he needed to. And he's like, yeah, nice. as a running back. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what, have yeah. to do a test of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys got a great running back. I mean, yeah, we do. If can I love that kid. Stay, stay healthy. Oh, uh, man. I tell you what, that was kind of shitty on, you know, I mean, the way he got hurt. And then the fact that your guys' oh. offensive line wasn't that great either.
2: <laughs> no, it was but, awful.
3: <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, it happens, dude. But Saquon's a beast, dude. I mean, God, he's I, incredible, man. If you know what I said? And, I, and this is no knock against you or anything else, but I always said that if he got drafted by Green Bay or because oh, yeah. they had the top offensive line and a great quarterback, it, or you know, anybody you know that was a decent contender,
0: anyone like, better than the Giants, he would have been a, a legend, a Hall of Famer after two seasons. <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> the Giants,
3: anyway.
0: the Giants let him that down, mean the Giants made him famous for jumping over players because they can't block them, so you oh, have to leap them. And oh, it's really sad for him, but it's great for Washington because oh, it limits his damage a lot.
3: I forgot you're a Washington fan. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny, man, is that I have been re- rooting for Washington for a couple of years now, and I told everybody, I said it's not a joke of a team. They just got to mm-hmm. get the pieces together. And yeah. making the playoffs with a losing record was great, but I mean, not too many. You know, I've only seen that happen. Probably six times in my life, where a team has actually made it with a, you know, either a five hundred record or maybe one back or whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, look—they put up a fight in the playoffs. It wasn't, and with the, they had a shitty quarterback at the time. Who was it? Um, what's Are the you name? talking
0: Heineke in Pineke. for at the end of the bit, at the, at the yeah. game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: I mean, look at him. I mean, wasn't he with San Francisco?
1: I don't, I don't remember. I, I know he was with
3: San Francisco.
1: He was with the Giants for a bit. Or not no, the Giants, no, no, sorry, no. the Vikings.
3: The Vikings. Yeah. I thought he was. I don't know why I thought he was with uh, San Francisco for a little while, but it could be wrong. But um, anyway, uh, nobody expected you guys to get there. You know, I mean, uh-huh. nobody did. You know, especially uh-huh. after the Alex Smith situation, and I don't know. Uh, it's a. This is a different league, and that's what I try to tell everybody. You know, everybody wants to harp on one thing or another, but this league has changed so much over the last 20 years. I mean, I remember you know, watching, standing on the field and watching the Chiefs run on third and fourth down, and they had J.J. Burden, which is a good friend of mine, that can catch anything, and he's basically out there running blocks at 5'7", 180 pounds. You know, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, Marty? You know, it's like, dude, I know you got Christian Akoya, and I know you got Barry Word, and I know you got all these guys, but goddamn, you got these great wide receivers out here, and you've got a quarterback that can get to him. Mm-hmm. So why not do it? Oh, no, we got to run. Marty had a yeah, philosophy.
0: Ground like and pound.
3: Oh, man, he had a philosophy for everything that guy. <laughs> he, was, he had a philosophical comeback to everything he said, no matter what it was. I mean, it, you could say it's cloudy out, and he will tell you why it's cloudy, and the best part about it being cloudy. I mean, he did not have a negative thing. I love Marty. I mean, I did. I loved him. He was a great guy. And he used to let me, you know, and I wasn't a player, I I used to play baseball and my friends played football, you know, a lot of my friends and I just happened to be brought to a football game and um, after I got injured and I couldn't play anymore, I wasn't ever picked up again and uh, I ended up meeting Derek Thomas and JJ Burton and Joe Montana and all these guys and Derek and I figured out we lived four doors from each other and it was so funny when it happened because I was sitting there talking to him and him and JJ and JJ just told me, you know, you got to get out of this funk you're in because Frank White had told him I was in a funk because I was injured. And he said, never let your injury define you. You define yourself after the injury. And that's the one thing that's always stuck with me. I'm old now, dude. I'm way older than probably older than two of you guys put together, but I'm 51 (laughs) years old. So, Um, but Derek, I said, you know, Derek, I said, strangest thing. There's a guy that lives in my neighborhood. And every year during Christmas, he puts the number 58 up in Christmas tree lights on his roof and it faces the highway. And he goes. Where the fuck do you live? And I said, um, I live like and I was telling the neighborhood, and he goes, Okay, what's your address? And I told him, It's called the cliffs, it's an area in Kansas City, and I told him, and he goes, Man, you live four doors from me. I said, You put your own fucking numbers on your roof, dude? And he goes, I said, wouldn't you think that would draw attention to you and now everybody knows where you live? And he goes, No, that's just the opposite. He goes, they probably think I'm some crazy fucking fan like you did. We were best friends after that until the day he died, man. It was
1: crazy, dude. He was the funniest guy ever. Oh. Uh, well, anyway. we're, we're going to uh, wrap it up here soon, uh, JP. As much as we would uh, like to keep talking, actually we probably could keep talking all night about, about football, but before <laughs> you, we do, we, you did mention a little bit about the, the defensive side of the ball and, and some possible new additions. and. Um, I, I listened to to your last podcast and, and you mentioned two position groups um, especially and that was the defensive tackle and corner as two areas that the Chiefs could look to improve on before before the season starts. Now, I know you don't want to give the names out but if I give a few names, you can tell me if I'm hot or cold. Okay. Um, look, on the defensive line, I, I'm looking at the likes of Geno Atkins or Jarrell Casey uh. or or in the corner position, you know, you got Richard Sherman or um Nickel Robbie Coleman. They're two names that I looked at too you're as well.
3: You're pretty you're kinda of hot on the on the uh, corner side. I know that they oh. had discussions there.
2: Go on. Go on, Sarah.
3: Yeah. Had some had some discuss they've had some discussions, I'll put it that way. I won't go any yeah. further with anything yeah. else other than they've had of discussions, course. but yeah. Uh, we don't
0: want to push yet, but we're,
3: No. Um, and as far as defenses, you were kind of You were warm for a minute and then kind of cold. Um,
0: Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, but that's not your fault. Um, That's more of a player fault.
0: That means, Darrell, it's not Gino Atkins. It's Gino Smith going in on defensive <laughs> tackle. Well, you got, fucking, you got Tebow playing tight ends. I, mean, I don't think – we we discussed this on our last podcast. We think he's a, he's going to be the world's strongest armed water boy, and he's going to be just launching water bottles in from the sideline. Oh, we don't don't reckon he's going to make a roster spot somehow. Hey,
3: you know what? If anybody could get him acclimated to some degree, it would be his coach. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he's mm-hmm. had him before he knows him very well. I mean, I don't know that, I don't know, you got a guy that's 38 years old that's wanting to play a, a edge rusher right now. So, I mean, it's, 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 and these guys, I guess apparently had two or three teams that reached out to him and want to see him play, you know, want to work him out yeah. a little bit. So it's not unheard of. It's just, this is a younger guy's game right now and they're not everybody's James Harrison, you know, not everybody can mm-hmm. come out and play until they're 38, 39 years old in that position. You know, I don't know many guys that yeah. could, um, but you know, the Chiefs do have a couple of other players that they're interested in, and I don't know how well that's going to work out. But um, again, Veach is the guy that beats to he, he marches to his own drum. I mean, it's like okay, this is what I'm offering. If you want to play for a Super Bowl team and you want a chance at a ring and move further in your career than just fat paychecks and you know, basically nothing, you know, then come play for us because this is what you're going to get. But The one thing that I can tell you guys, the Veach's biggest attribute is he doesn't give a rat's ass about big names as long as they fit within our system. And that's something that we haven't had in 30 years. Carl Peterson, big name guy. He didn't give a shit if they were on crutches. If they're on a walker, he signed them because they had a name, Marcus Allen, Joe Montana. I mean, not that Joe Montana was bad, not that Marcus Allen was bad, but these are guys that came out. And at the tail end of their careers, after injuries, because they had a name, fill the seats with asses. Let's move forward. We don't care if we make it to a Super Bowl or not. I mean, it's been fifty years, dude. Fifty okay. years before we hit the first Super Bowl again, you know. And now we've been to two, and pro- probably going to go to three in a row. So I see Mahomes easily getting, and as ten years with Kansas City, I can see him going to five easy five Super Bowls, easy, because he's. The, the team is set up for him to last another 7 to 10 years.
1: So. Yeah, that yeah, um especially like you mentioned earlier on with the with the contract extensions that have helped the team obviously cap wise as well and you know with the, especially able to negotiate a, a tough um a tough cap hit this year, and then next year it will just open out enormously, so that they can, even if they want to get some more uh, extensions done, that can pay players a little more. Even just you know go crazy in free agency again next year, they can, they can do, uh, do that too. But listen, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here, JP. And um, but before we let you go, uh, for anyone that's interested in listening to um the Chiefs Focus podcast, uh, where can they find it?
3: Uh, you can find us on the Choose Focus website. Any podcast that you, any podcast platform you're on, we're on all of them from iHeartRadio all the way up. So or all the way down, I should say. Um, and then if, if you even want to log into Anchor, you can log into Anchor and hear it from there. So.
1: Yeah. excellent stuff excellent listen jp it's been great having you on today we we really appreciate the time ta- uh, you've taken to speak to us uh, about chiefs i know especially just after um the long weekend over there in america but like i said you got the chance to do nothing and sometimes that's just the best thing you could possibly oh, do when it, was, it when... was nice
3: to sit and do nothing uh, yeah it's the first time i've done that and i don't know how long so caleb was sick today um, he actually got sick yesterday and oh, okay. uh, he's called me and he said dude i can't be on the show today and i said that's okay i mean um, it's not, I'm not used to it, so you know, I, I, he's been on the show with me now for going on two years, and yeah, we went through a uh, transition of co hosts for a while that couldn't hack it, mm-hmm. so they couldn't find the time, I guess I should put it that way, you know, in their busy yeah. lives watching TV, but um, <laughs> yeah, TV and booze was the best thing you could ever invent, but um, for those guys, anyway. Uh, anyway, we, we have to deal with Jake
0: every single week. It's like, it's a disgrace to be honest with Jake. Hey, he has a TV you. That, on. He has a TV I, on behind the camera right now. That's yeah. funny as I can see it. No. Um, <laughs> you know, if you guys,
3: um, it's so funny because you say that. I, I listened to guys. All I was almost late to this today. I own a couple of businesses here and I was running behind and after a four day weekend, it was like, shit, I gotta get caught up. But um, I try to make sure that I'm on time for everything and me and Caleb are like very much sticklers on that stuff. You know, you're either here on time or we're just done and we've had guys that have flaked out on us a couple of times, you know, well, I can't do it this time. I can't do it that time, you know, but we've had sportscasters on and players and other stuff. JJ Burton has been on a few times and it's always nice to have players on that, you know, and you can talk to. And, oh, by the way, before I let you guys go, keep your eye on Nicole Hardman this year. I'm just okay.
0: you. I love him. I think he's a yeah. he's a superstar and waiting on that. I mean, it's an embarrassment to riches at the wide receiver room in, in Kansas City, but he's a, a a rocket. and I especially love those those little short route like crossing routes and yeah. the 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 jet sweeps. Yeah. I think he's really super dangerous on those.
3: They gave him a lot of shit last year for a couple of drop punt returns. and you know, I mean, somebody said he ran backwards once. okay, look, he's a young guy. That was trying to mimic what you know Dante Hall did, what Tyreek's good at. Um, I think he's, you know, I've talked to him a couple of times, and he's he understands. It's not he's not no he's not dumb by any means. Um, if that would have been Tyreek that dropped a couple of passes, oh well, it's Tyreek. Mm-hmm. But because it was McColl, let's make a big ass deal. But he still came in, I think second or third in yards in return yards, and. I think it was second, actually. And uh, his wide receiving skills are there. It's just, it takes a little time to get acclimated to. And he's got a playbook like Stephen. uh, It's like a Stephen King novel. Mm -hmm. I mean, you don't understand. The guy changes his plays like he changes his underwear. And you don't know what's coming next. He -hmm. called Mahomes in the offseason. And and Mahomes said, yeah. And he goes, hey, I just texted you a play. I want you to look at it. He goes, well, I'm on the third hole. I'm playing (laughs) golf. And he goes, okay, well, I'll wait. Mahomes said, "Huh?" He goes, "I'll wait."
4: Yeah.
3: So Mahomes held up the freaking golf game, you know, and, and, and showed, and said, "Oh yeah, I like to play." Okay, I'm going to put it in the book then, and he, he sends it to everybody here. Look this fucking play up, you know. This is your next play. You got to learn. And it's like, damn man, I even got through the first page of the first. But it's just Andy, man. He changes everything around on you, and the next thing you know, it's uh, it's different. Yep. So, but
1: well, that's it, and 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 especially with with. Um Sammy Watkins now moving on uh, to the, the Ravens. It, that that wide receiver two spot is just prime for him now this coming year to to take with both hands and and to really have a, a breakout year for sure.
3: Yeah, Mahol, uh, McColl's he's ready. Um, he's determined and he's got all the attributes to be a great wide receiver. And I think he is a great wide receiver. He's just going to take a little. You know, it took sometimes it takes a little. I didn't. Tyreek wasn't the greatest wide receiver his first second year. You know, he was a special teams guy. Yeah, he was great on special teams, but he wasn't number one wide receiver. You know, in fact, when he went to the first four-blow, they had him down as a punt returner, a punt specialist, or a return specialist, I should say. So, in fact, I think they almost had that all the way up until 18. They still had him put down as a return specialist when he had already done phenomenal things on the field as a wide receiver. It just takes time, especially in Andy's play. And his mind. if you – I, I couldn't imagine being in Andy's mind. I mean, if I was a fly on the side of his skull and wondering what goes through his brain, on a, I don't think a guy ever sleeps. I don't know how he could. I really don't. The guy's, I mean, he must dream plays up and then wakes up, writes him down, goes back to sleep. That's the only thing I can think of with that guy. Because he just, he shits out plays in the morning and it's like, where the hell is this coming from? He just, but he takes stuff from, pee-wee all the way up to a college, and he intertwines them together, and then he pulls something out of 1940, and he goes, oh, I like the way that looked in 1940. Let's put that in this play as well. And everybody's going, how the fuck are we supposed to do this? We don't have, like, <laughs> pick skins and fake helmets and no pads, you know? So, But Andy does it. I don't know, man. He's, he's probably... I don't know of a better coach than him. I, I mean, Belichick's right on this cusp. Of being, I think Belichick doesn't have the player skills, the, mm. the player... Attributes, you know, as far as being like the, the, the player's coach, you know, Belichick is more, if you don't like it, get the fuck out. And he's mm-hmm. not like that. And he's more, well, let me show you how this works. And he will show these guys how it works. So you just got to look at it from that standpoint, you know?
1: Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we, we yeah, and we look forward to, to seeing uh, some more plays at this coming year and once again jp thanks so much for for talking to us i know like you mentioned caleb was a little under the weather today and he can't make it but i'm sure we'll be speaking again at some point if not before the season starts definitely during the year so um hopefully he can um, make it onto the show then too as well
3: definitely and why don't you guys come on our show man i mean anytime you're ready anytime
1: we'd love to we'd love to
3: we'll do i
1: Anytime, anytime, anytime at all, we'll be there. And we can, uh, we can talk about how, uh, how similar the Seahawks and Kansas City <laughs> are now as well. Um, <laughs> and say so how, how they're going to be in the Super Bowl this coming year against each other. Well, you yeah,
3: got, got two teams that are right there, and then you got two teams with the other two guys that are maybe.
1: We're fun. in the we're in a different league.
0: But
3: we're yeah. close enough as You're well, yeah, we there, have some man. I mean, I mean it's all it is. I mean, it just takes a little time and a little time a little bit of you know energy and uh, dumb luck.
0: Patience, patience as a fan. A lot of patience. Hey man, we waited
3: fifty years, okay? <laughs> yeah, you guys fucking oh, won know, a Super Bowl against Brady, so I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> 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 Let's hope that Patrick Mahomes is a off the
2: clip like Russell Wilson. Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: Oh, shit. Uh, oh. oh you're bringing the cliff into this again. Oh, yeah, it was
3: rough. Not. Was rough right yeah, um, yeah, don't think yeah. so. Yeah.
1: Jealousy, well, jealousy is a horrible look on YouTube, guys. Sometimes really, you know, it really yeah. is. You know what's great
3: though is when you get them on Twitter because I, yeah. I get guys <laughs> like a lot of guys in the Cheese Focus group. They'll hit me up and they'll say, "This guy's being a real dick on Twitter." I was like, "Okay, go after him, JP." <laughs> well, I go after them in a way that—it's so funny because I, I don't know why they do this, but they say I'm very good at going after people without making—I don't say anything that's very negative, but I make them look really stupid when I do it. So mm-hmm. when I do that, they shut up. They don't bother anybody mm-hmm. anymore. You know, it, it's just—they either block me, they mute us, or they just walk away. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a lot easier for, I guess, me to because I'm old. I'm able to articulate my words a little way in a ways that maybe uh, most guys don't understand and they just say, What the fuck did <laughs> you just say? Or I just make them look really ignorant. I don't know which one it is, but it's a lot of fun to do when they really come after, especially, what's that name? Cody Raider? Raider Cody?
1: Yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, he's got a banner up about Derek Carr, the best quarterback in the league, and <laughs> all this shit on his page. The guy's got his fucking handle on the back window of his truck.
0: Oof. He that's not. A, that's
1: not of. a move. That's not a look. Who no. That, man? I mean, well,
3: women
2: aren't are liking that. I mean, oh, I'm
1: just cares. going to. Is that not a thing? I'm going to have to remove that under center podcast <laughs> yeah. sticker from the back of my car now. I don't think. I don't think that look works now. That mobile advertising is not a thing now anymore.
3: Oh well, the funny part was is that some guy said, "Is that because a guy was behind the, the truck?" And he says, "Is that you, Raider Cody?" And he goes, "He puts a thumbs up on Twitter." So he admits that it's him, and then after he Mm -hmm. got so much shit from about 75,000 fan bases, he said, that wasn't me, that's a fan. So you're telling me (laughs) some fan (laughs) decided to go out and spend 800 bucks on a bander that covers the whole back window of your truck that says Raider Cody? Oh, shit. Yeah. So
1: Uh, sure some people don't like getting found out but we're gonna leave it there jp thanks again so much for taking the time to speak to us and we are actually going to move on to our second team of today and that is our 32nd team of the off season and it had to be the super bowl champs the tampa bay buccaneers and we're delighted to be joined by ren from the Pewtercast podcast ren it's so good to have you on how are you
4: I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm always down to talk Buccaneers football. It's kind of my catchphrase. You'll hear that as I close out every podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm excited, but I have to start off. Uh, who's Dr. Cox?
1: <laughs> You're not a Scrubs fan, though.
4: No? Oh, okay, okay. Um, no, fan. no. I, I I can't say I'm anti-Scrubs, <laughs> but I haven't. I I, I I haven't. I haven't really gotten into it. I've tried to watch it a few times. Yeah. Um. Cool. It's you know. I think when I you got to be in the right mood for it. JD's a little. Too goofy for me but mm-hmm. i know i understand if you stick with a show you start to fall in love with the characters as long as they stay mm-hmm. consistent but yeah like i'll get like episode four season one and i'm like okay i need a break from
0: jake yeah hey ren we've done 31 of these intros dara's getting more and more abstract as we go okay. along so you won't be <laughs> the only guy who took a second time to try and figure that one out
4: I thought It'll, it was like some Irish psychologist nah, or something nah, that everybody nah, knew. Like not nah, so like, sophisticated for you know, best honestly. friend growing up. I don't know. Uh,
1: this is definitely not a, a sophisticated podcast like this. It's it's deadpan humor, but it's obviously falling on deaf ears here at the moment. But <laughs> like, when, like most
2: of your intros, there. Well, well, look,
1: it's it's better than d and D one anyway. But sure. Uh, before we actually start the podcast, if you are watching us on YouTube or you're watching us actually. Uh, live on twitter can you please hit like if you're watching us on youtube subscribe to the youtube channel as well um so you can uh, keep be kept up to date with all of our latest shows if you prefer the audio side we do have an audio podcast there just search for under center podcast wherever you get your podcast you'll find the show there too um also on the social side of things facebook.com forward slash under center pod instagram and twitter are both the same at Under Center Pod, like I said in previous shows, we're on the quest for a thousand we're getting there slowly and steady, uh, we should hopefully get there before week one of the regular season um, if we can get up before the Thursday night game which will obviously is going to be the Bucks and the Cowboys, it'll be fantastic it'll be a double celebration, NFL is back and the show has a thousand followers too, so definitely reasons to celebrate, but let's get actually into some talks uh for about the buccaneers and their uh, off season so far um and we normally like to talk a little bit Ren, about the previous season sure. and sort of things that went right and went wrong but there's not a lot of things that went wrong uh in tampa bay last year super bowl champions but i actually want to take it back to week 5 of the regular season last year and that was Did we the, play the Thursday-
4: Seahawks week 5
1: no. For, <laughs> uh, fortunately, I should say not. In week five, that was the Thursday night game and um, that you lost at Soldier Field against oh, the Bears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reports came out after that that the relationship between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians maybe wasn't as good as uh, people would have hoped. Uh, and maybe Arians would have been moved on if not at the end of the season at some point during it. But you stuck in their, their Super Bowl champs. but. Did you have sort of any doubts, especially after some of those early losses and some uh, performances, that okay, maybe this relationship isn't going to work out? Uh,
4: no, I didn't. Um, <laughs> now <clears throat> I'm not poo pooing on the idea that maybe there was some friction there between them. Uh, we have learned as sort of like the season went on, and you know, after the Super Bowl victory, and of course, now all the players are on all the NFL network and good morning football, and you'd hear bits and things, Shaq bear at the defensive end for the Buccaneers who had four sacks during the playoffs. Uh, he said something, um, like, you know, the offense move more towards the way Tom wanted it, or he called it Tom's offense. As the year went on, you saw that more play action, more throwing to the backs, uh, sort of trying to keep ahead of the chains, uh, instead of like on first down running the ball between the tackles, which we did for the first you know, eight weeks, first down. Oh, Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones, right up Ryan Jensen in the center's butt. You know, second and nine. Here we go. So those type of things changed. Uh, whoever said that Bruce Arians was moving on or possibly moving on, that, that's, that's that's terrible take on that. Um, he wasn't going to go anywhere. They were going to see this thing through. Um, but, yeah, the, that Chicago game was the worst game that they probably played collectively. I think somewhere in the third quarter they had, uh, 67 yards and penalties on that one drive, and that's when Brady went nuts and started yelling at everybody. And of course, it ended. The game ended with Tom Brady thinking it was fourth down, or we had a magical fifth down because we were supposed to win the game. Chicago's not any good, and I'm Tom Brady. I get an extra down when I need it. Um, so yeah, that was all bad. And that was that was. I wouldn't say that was even the top of of sort of the. This may not work as the way we thought it would for. The bucks because we knew it was the bears and it was sort of self-inflicted things um and the next week we came out won the game i think it was against the packers game uh might have been i'm not sure but uh the the big thing is there was no penalties after that after that game bruce arians went in the locker room says look guys like if you start committing penalties you're not going to be here like that's it end story i'm tired of telling you and uh so that's how that went and um but, like you, you said, there's lots of ups and downs. You know, the Chargers game early, we were down by 21 points. And thank God they fumbled going into halftime to give us a score. We might not have won that game. OJ Howard going down, like the first, I think, game four, he went down, blew his Achilles. Gronk wasn't looking good. Like, if, if you watched the Bucks games, Brady to Gronk, that, that combination was probably the worst on the team. He had more chemistry with Evans and more chemistry with Godwin, more chemistry with Cameron Bray. Uh, Obviously, that came around with two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, the But, yeah, um, to answer your question, absolutely not. No, there was no (laughs) – I had no fears that this wasn't going to work as far as the end result being Brady or Bruce Arians were leaving the team.
1: Okay. um, And – Let's move forward then to to the Super Bowl itself, you know, home Super Bowl as well. It was great to see that. I think that was one of the first sporting events as well that we actually had fans in stay in the stadium, too, which obviously added to the spectacle, too. And in such a way, you could say a, a, a dominating game. It's one that we we previewed as well. And we spoke about. The, the Bucks defense and how important it's going to be for just their mm-hmm. front four to put pressure on Mahomes because that means if they could, they could obviously have more people back, obviously uh, covering their areas mm-hmm. for avenues for him to throw at, you know, the, the, the front four, like you mentioned about, uh, about Barrett, um, but also obviously um, uh, KPP. And then you had, uh, and dominican sue there too mm-hmm. it's such a dominant front four for that for that super bowl that obviously made Mahomes. i don't know how many yards like somebody said how many yards he had to roll four hundred ninety five. Just, just scrambling alone yeah it's yeah. just such a dominating performance uh overall that the defensive coordinators uh really deserve a lot of credit for
4: yeah there that's a two-part thing and i'm i'm only and, and if you listen to the peter cast uh, there'll be some things that i'm the only one jumping up and down and screaming about. Right now I'm I'm trying to drag our local beat reporters into this fight with the Professional Football Writers Association, who only sole job is to get access for the professional football writers and promote their access. Like they're advocates for them. And then if I came out like when COVID happened and they shut everything down, I'm like, I completely understand. I'm like, but you guys need to start at least a handshake, start thinking about like you're letting us in next year. Like there needs to be these things in place. And now a couple of weeks ago, the NFL came out and said, well, okay, there's no more open locker room. Uh, well, at least right now, there's no open locker room during the week. So reporters can't go in there and we'll do post game locker room. But the only people that can go in are two people from the NFL network and two people from the team. So now all these local reporters are still out. And I keep telling these guys, like, like, first off, I told you last year and I keep like prodding them on Twitter just to get them in the fight. Like if they get mad at me, then I'm hoping they'll get mad at something else, which is that you know the NFL is screwing you over. Because name me—I mean, you guys are Irish. This might hit home, and I don't mean to start anything, but name me a, a power that was been taken away from you that they gave back. you mm-hmm. are like, still it, waiting on. It, still yeah, to get yeah, back to thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's kind of what I'm trying to do to these guys. But um, the one thing that I said. And this all rolls back into what I was kicking and screaming about the Super Bowl was the Chiefs needed. If you watch the Rams and the Bucks game, which was another primetime game, the Rams really won. It was kind of boring, but the Rams threw everything outside, quick and short. They only ran the ball six times. They're like, we can't run the, the ball against the Buccaneers. Uh, the Bucks, uh, for everyone out there, have the number one run defense for the past two years in football. So we're not going to run against them. We're going to get it outside quick and we're going to basically use a short passing game and mid-passing game as as like, as our runs. So we're, we're going second and second and seven, second and six, and they did it all game long. Well, the Chiefs, as you probably know, lost their two starting tackles. One had been out for a few weeks, but they lost their other one in the AFC Championship game. And I looked at this and said, look, you're not going to run against the Bucs. Like, you're just not. Like, Derrick Henry's tried it. Carson's tried it. Uh, you know, um... Um, Shaquan Barkley, Shaquan, like he tried it. You know, we put him out for a season, Blues Achilles or something. Well, we played Washington. I know, like, you know, Gibson, very talented back. Peyton Barber was a buck. Yeah. Yay. Uh, so they didn't, yeah, they didn't, you know, they couldn't they run the ball either. I mean, that was one of the gutsiest performances I've ever seen um, from your quarterback, Heneke, Heineke. Heineke. Yeah, Heineke. Heineke. Yeah, yeah. That was such a gutsy performance. Ended up losing the game. But, I said the Chiefs need to do what the Rams did because you're not going to run the ball against them. And if you think these two backup tackles are going to stand up against this this defense, you're crazy. Because Todd Bowles learned the first time the Chiefs and the Bucs played this year, another primetime game. By the end of the first quarter, Terry Kelly, like 200, over 200 yards receiving and two touchdowns because they played Carlton Davis, who, by the way, is a very, very good cornerback. Top 10 easy, maybe top five. But they put him against Tyreek Hill, and then he gave him a seven-yard cushion. So one of the fastest human beings on the earth, you're going to give him a seven-yard head start, and then you're going to try to turn around and start running with him. Um, bad idea, uh, <laughs> and it showed. And then after that, after the first quarter, like, the Bucks stopped doing that, and the Chiefs had tr- trouble scoring. Like, you know, it only ended up being a three-point game after being, like, a 21. It was, like, 14-0 in the blink of an eye. So the Bucs came in and said, we're not going to let Tre Hill beat us. We're going to double him. And the whole game is going to hinge on Levante David. One of our inside linebackers can cover Travis Kelsey. And he did a fantastic, outstanding job. It's uh, Kelsey had a lot of catches, but if you go and look, they're all not for first downs. And Levante David had two pass breakups on third down when Kelsey was actually trying to make a reception for a first down. And Vontae David broke that up twice. So that's where it hinges in Andy Reid's stubbornness, not to just try to run the ball and get the ball outside very quickly to his playmakers is really what sunk the chiefs more than the bucks pass rush, because yes, the bucks pass rush is very good. I'll add Via Vea, the nose tackle into that front four. Um, Will Golson's very underrated as a three tech, but you could have taken any of those playoff teams front four or front five and they would have done the same thing to Patrick Mahomes because Andy Reid just would not, he kept like 400, Patrick Mahomes, we said it. He ran, he scrambled for 495, he scrambled for 500 yards before he threw the ball during the game. Cause he kept trying to push the ball down the field. He would just say, we're going to do what we do. Our guys are better than your guys, but they're not they just be and it's just because of the tackles and and that's really where where the game hinge and you know holding the chiefs without a touchdown in the super bowl it's like i just i don't i i don't i don't understand i don't get it and like no one pregame talked about it everyone was picking the chiefs and maybe the bucks can win if this happens and i'm just sitting there going like am i like am i crazy you know, like am i the only one who can see this like am, am, I, am I right like i'm really gonna have egg on my face or i'm going to be right and i ended up being right and i had you know some uh some of the local guys text me you know privately uh no shouts out on twitter but privately like you know what you were right like you were the only person i heard saying that and you were absolutely right and i was like i appreciate it thank you very much
0: and a quick question on last season uh were you a bit disappointed with leonard fournette and his output given how uh, prodigious he was with the jaguars, or was it given that ronald Derby was there you weren't you weren't that uh or sorry ronald jones was there you weren't mm-hmm. that uh you weren't that interested about what he was doing and And maybe it didn't really uh, show up on your radar necessarily last season. I just want to get your opinion on it.
4: I didn't. I I wasn't excited about Leonard Fournette coming. Mm. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I know why they brought him in because Ronald Jones can't catch. He just can't. I mean, obviously he can catch, but at an NFL level, as a guy that can swing out of the backfield on third down, when you need the drive to go, he had seven drops last year. Oddly enough, so did Leonard Fournette. So neither of them can really catch. Uh, Fournette's fine. Um, I think people who really haven't sort of followed his career think he's a lot better than he is because he had a lot of hype at LSU, but he also had a lot of injuries. He got to Jacksonville, really didn't do anything till this last year where they threw him the ball like 90 times, you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, Ronald Jones was definitely becoming the lead guy in that backfield and he hurt his hamstring. And then all of a sudden playoff Lenny showed up that turned in Lombardi Lenny and he had a, 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 great like four or five game stretch where he kept making big play after big play after big play. But before that, the first, you know, 15, 16 games, he made one run against, against uh, Carolina late to sort of seal it. It was like, he scored it out on a, on a, on a heavy man front. Uh, There were, there was like 10 guys in the box and he, he took it to the house to sort of ice the game, you know, late in the fourth. Besides that, it was like, okay. it's like, here's the hole Lenny and he cut the other way and get like two yards. You know, mm-hmm. we, we were doing people, not only us, but other podcasts were doing whole film breakdowns. Like, like we, it was called, where are you going Lenny? Like there was a <laughs> hashtag going around, like, 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 where are you going? Like there's the hole. Like, so, but again, he turned it all around and came up. So, you know, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's gonna. It's it's a great problem to have because you got Fournette and you got Jones. I think Jones is the, the best. He's the most talented runner in that backfield. But then they went out and picked up uh, Giovanni Bernard from the Bengals. Who's the, he's the pros pros been the Bengals forever. But you know what Leo Bernard can do? He can block and pick up the blitz, and he can catch the ball, and he's very wow. good at both. And that's why he's there. He's the third down back.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um moving on to. Looking at the forthcoming season, I am um, just looking at the schedule before we came on air. And obviously, mm-hmm. you guys start like all Super Bowl champs do nowadays. You start on the Thursday night football uh, at home to the Cowboys. Uh, four, it's interestingly, four of the last six games are going to be divisional games including mm-hmm. a, a, two games against uh, the panthers you got a your week nine bye, so a nice one right in the middle of the of the mm-hmm. season and then also probably the biggest game probably will be the most talked about game of the season especially leading up to it, week four return mm-hmm. of tom brady to foxborough to face the new england patriots and bill belichick uh are you happy with the schedule overall
4: yeah, I mean, as a Bucks fan, like we would get screwed year after year after year. We just would, and you know why? Because no one cared about the Bucks, and you just—it was just something that you would get mad about on Twitter for a couple of days. But our bye week would be like, like the first—I think the first week you have a bye week is week four. Our bye week would be week four, five, or six every single year. You know, there was one year where we didn't—it wasn't too long ago. I think it was Dirt Cutters last year, maybe Jameis's third year, maybe fourth year. um We didn't play a whole game at home for a month. We, uh, like it, we had a, it were, and it was a little quirky. One was a bye, and one, and one of the home games during that month, we were in London. Uh, that's the game where Jameis Winston threw five interceptions. We had six turnovers against the Panthers, but like there was no home game in Ray J for a month. And, and of course, the you know, even if you took out the England game, we flew the most uh than anybody else you know if he had to take out the panthers england game too uh than anybody else so like our bye week was like week four the year before that we didn't get a bye week because of a hurricane they moved our our miami game to the bye week uh and it's just you know it's just things that happen so when it happens to a team that's not relevant so now like tom brady's here and you know we got to give him all all the he gets the primetime games, he gets the big games and he gets the goodbye week. And we're being treated like, you know, like the salt are being treated like the Packers or the Steelers or, uh, you know well no one the nsc East is any good so
1: uh
4: <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so, the
0: cowboys get a lot of love even though they're not very good
4: well it's because they have nine million followers on twitter That's, and they make a lot of noise yeah yeah so uh lots of loyal cowboy fans so yeah you know i'm happy with the schedule because like at this point having a team let me put it this way Levante David, who I talked about, who did a great job on Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl, is one of the best linebackers in the National Football League, has been for years, has made one Pro Bowl. That's it. You put up his numbers against Luke Kuechly, who is the great Carolina Panthers linebacker. You put his numbers against uh, Bobby Wagner, the great Seattle linebacker, who's been considered the best off-ball linebacker for close to a decade now. Levante David blows both of their stats out of the water. We used to bang our drum, but Levante David, Levante David, because we didn't win. We had nothing else to talk about. It was like our guys don't get enough love. Now we're Super Bowl champs. We're all over the TV. Every segment's about us. I don't care about the schedule anymore. I don't care about Levante David not getting any more. Like, we're in the middle of a 28-0 run. We won the last eight this year. We're going to win 20 more in a row. That's what I'm talking about. So... Yes, the schedule's nice, but I think it's more of a product of winning and being a relevant team than it is really anything else.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Ren, the the division, where where do you see the challenge coming, or do you fully expect the Bucs to sail pretty easily into the playoffs this season?
4: I don't want to say. I think I I think the Bucks will sail into the playoffs pretty easily as far as winning the division. Uh, there's, there's lots of mystery with all the other teams. Now, Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, some, he's a voodoo master. Some way, somehow, he's going to win 10, 11 games. I don't care who his quarterback is. You know, uh, Drew Brees missed, what did he miss? Uh, nine games the past two years, he went eight and one. So he can win without Drew Brees. Uh, and none of those games were with Jameis Winston at quarterback, by the way. So, you know, there could be some stumbling steps there. The Panthers with Sam Darnold, they have a good offense. They've poured a ton of resources in their defense the past two years. They're young. Their coach is a master at rebuilding programs. Matt Rule rebuilt Baylor like in two years after, you know, it it fell to pieces. Uh, He also rebuilt Temple in two years. So I understand college and, and, and pro, it's a little bit different, but he has a track record to do that. And Atlanta's offense is very scary, even without Julio Jones. And they've made a lot of changes on defense. And it's kind of we'll have to see. You know, same and, and with the Saints as well. Like they've had to let some of these guys they absolutely wanted for their defense because of their salary cap issues, because of Drew Brees, and they keep pushing it down the line, and now it's time to pay the Piper. But they have guys in the pipeline, they're just unproven. So if they play like rookies or, you know, guys that are just starting, then You know, the Saints may end up only winning eight, nine games, but they have. But the Saints is a tier one coaching staff. They're excellent. So you think that they could at least salvage some type of of season being uh, greater than the sum of their parts. Uh, But I don't think anybody in the NFC South is going to make a serious playoff uh, run besides the Buccaneers. So do I think they're going to division? Yes. Is it going to be easy? Probably not. You're going to lose some games. You don't think you're going to lose, even though I just said we're in the middle of 28, no run. Uh, you know, Atlanta's going to win some games. You didn't think they were Panthers could be better. The saints could be better. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, I think the bucks are just going to, it's, it's a be, it's not, if we make the playoffs, it's going to be like, you know, what week are we going to clinch a playoff berth?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is it, is it, Sorry, Jake. I was just going to say there. It, is it realistic to aim for the number one seed next season?
4: Yeah, for sure. I'd have to. Or we'd be in a 21-0 run or 29-0 no, and 0 run because then – because the whole thing about going 28-0 is you get the first – you get the bye. And if you're undefeated at the end of the season, 17-0, and 0, you're, you're going to get the bye. So, yeah, I mean – you, no one's gonna say it no one's gonna be like our right, like like hey you know team comes together first day we're shooting for the number one spot you know we're shooting for a bye week for the playoffs because if it doesn't happen you're in the playoffs but it seems like your season's a failure but uh, but yeah but you know secretly yeah that that's the shot everybody wants to do that though right i mean every team's shooting for the playoffs and okay where do you want to be in the playoffs? well we'd like that first week off i mean everyone's shooting for it so I wouldn't say it, it's out of the realm to say that they're shooting for it, but it's, it's not going to be anywhere near their focus or sort of like the rallying cry or mantra for the year. I don't think the Giants are shooting for it. The
2: giants are always shooting for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> shooting, we're okay. And the way the uh, NFC East works, we'll probably end up on top this year because we don't have – Yeah, any. yeah, 6-11. Six
4: and, six and 11. We'll It won't end. be a
0: number one seed in the NFC <laughs> anyway, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> no, no, I'll take uh, – I'll take uh, Division win, I'll take you a couple of division wins and a division title. I'll do all that. Um, Ren, I just want to take you to the draft this year, and obviously Mm -hmm. with your first round pick, you picked the uh, the linebacker Joe Tryon. And the guy that I actually really want to talk about is Kyle Trask. You took with your second round pick. Sure, that's who I'm interested to take. Get your opinion on, like, is it a good pick for the books? Do you think he's going to sit behind Tom Brady and learn a few things and then start the following year, or where do you think that the books are gone with that pick?
4: Well, uh, they've been looking at a quarterback for the past two drafts. Uh, even when they, uh, you know, when it was sort of undecided, well, yeah, they did. They, yeah. They had Tom Brady last year. The draft just didn't fall to him. So, you know, this year Kyle Trask is, even though he's the university of Florida quarterback, he's very polarizing in, in the bucks, uh, sort of fan base. And I, I based this all off Twitter and just my Twitter feed. So, take that for what it's worth. You know, it's kind of like, it's almost like an echo chamber, but it's very split. Some of it's because a lot of Buck fans are FSU fans. Some of it is because a lot of Buck fans understand that tile, that, uh, Kyle Trask, there's lots of question marks there. Um, what I think the Bucks' plan is is what they like about him. i will start there. They like about him that he can read a defense, that he's a quick decision maker, and he gets rid of the ball. And when he does, it's accurate. That's what they like about him. What they don't like about him is when he tries, when he comes off from half the field and goes to the other half the field, he doesn't reset his feet and get it, you know, and and throw the ball properly. And that's where the um, talk of a weak arm comes in. And it's more of footwork than it is actually his arm. Because let's face it, I mean. If you're in the NFL, even if you're not drafted, like you can throw the football. Let's like you know, if you're in an NFL camp, you can throw the football more than like 99.9 percent of the people walking the face of the earth. So everyone can throw the football. It's it's about getting it out there um, in a quick enough time on sort of like the long 20 yard digouts, or you know, from far hash to the other sidelines. Um, where you can get it there before the cornerback has a chance to break and undercut the receiver and take it all the way back to the house. Uh, so, those are the things that people are worried about. The Bucks, I told you what they like about him. Is he in the plans to replace Tom Brady? Absolutely. Uh, who's also in the plans to replace Tom Brady is Blaine Gabbard. BA loves Blaine Gabbard. He thinks he's, he actually said this, and I, I spit out my drink. He said he's the most underrated player in NFL history history Hmm. yeah exactly yeah yeah everyone went okay bruce all right so you like the guy that's good let's calm down calm down was this
1: was he asked this question directly after winning the super Bowl while he was probably
4: still drinking uh no um but 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 when is bruce arians not drinking (laughs) (laughs) i I mean seriously it's it's like like the freight calienda who's an impressionist he's like win or lose we lose baby and it's true (laughs) like like you know if after the game bruce arians pops open the trunk of his car and a few friends come over and they sit there and they drink crown royal for a couple hours and talk shop and whatever like he he's a drinker he loves to drink so uh Blaine Gabbert, the, the team likes him as well. And if, if you've seen Blaine Gabbert up close, which, of course, none of you have, I don't think, um, he looks the part of an NFL quarterback. I mean, you know, he looks like a Greek statue. He's like six four, blonde, long hair like Thor, uh, golden brown, can throw the ball a mile. So you get it. And then you start to look sort of at his career where, where he had like, he had seven offensive coordinators in six years. So he never even got to stay more than one year in a system and we saw Tom Brady struggle through like the first even 10 maybe 11 games in his first time we know, learning a new offense since his rookie year so you can kind of understand where that is but to sort of round out your question on on Kyle Trask is is he the future Buccaneer quarterback after Tom Brady retires which is Tom wants to play till he's 45 which would be he after the 2022 season, so Tom has one more year as a Buccaneer if everything goes to plan. That's been put out there, and then Kyle Trask to take over. Sure, that's the plan. Are they married to it? Absolutely not. You know, they like they like they like some of his traits. They like what he can do. They think he can run his BA's offense. But by the time he's ready to play, is BA the head coach? Is offense the same? We got a guy that wants to do more RPOs because Trask can't do that. So you know. That's why he's there. They needed to get somebody in the pipeline, they needed to get somebody a little younger, and uh, they like him, so they took him.
0: rent for the more immediate future, obviously, last season, uh, Tom Brady came in, there didn't have any preseason workouts, no mini camps, none of that stuff. This season, he has had all that. He's had his guys around him, obviously, famously, he was organizing practices and stuff, in in local high schools and that kind of thing. But they've had the full organized preseason this season. Right. Uh, how do you expect the offense to look or do you expect it to change at all given that towards the end like you mentioned all the players were kind of calling it Tom's offense it really sounded like he had it the way he really liked it so mm-hmm. do you expect it to look broadly similar to what we saw last season
4: Yeah I do I think it's I think it's going to be the same um the only like the only thing that really changed you know uh and, and I want to say it's Tom's offense. And I don't want to say this is like the Patriots offense because they still do push the ball down the field a lot more than, than, uh, uh, Sean. What, is, what the hell is his name? Anyway, McDaniels Josh McDaniel's. Yeah. Uh, with new England. So it's, it's the sort of like in between the splash plays instead of like Oh, first down, let's throw it for 30 yards. Second down, let's throw it for 30 yards. Third down, let's throw it down the field for 30 yards. Like, well, if we get one of them, we're in business. So it's more of a methodical way to sort of march down the field. But, you know, people are talking about, and I know I'm a Bucks fan, but people are like, you know, like the word like best offense ever, most high-scoring offense ever. Like these things are being thrown around. Um, you just got to look at at at, the, at their rooms. Like the running back room is Leonard Fournette. Ronald Jones, who maybe a lot of people don't know about, but I think he's underrated. But it, to be fair, he had a atrocious rookie year. Uh, really started to come around last year. I, again, he's the most talented runner in the room. And then you have like an eight-year vet in J. R. Bernard whose best traits are picking up the blitz, blocking, and catching the ball. You go to the tight end room. You got Gr- Rob Gronkowski. You have O.J. Howard, who can't stay healthy. He's been injured every single year. But I was going on record saying that, in this offense, O.J. Howard was going to be the guy that 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 broke out. He was going to be the guy that was uncoverable. And he looked like that through the first three or four games where he blew his Achilles. So and then you got Cameron Wright, who just keeps taking pay cut after pay cut because I guess he doesn't want to move. Um, you know, they sign him for nine million, comes back, hey, we're gonna we're we're gonna give you six, and then he comes back like, How about two? I mean, he he's like he's 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 dumped about eleven million dollars back into the Buccaneers salary cap because he likes Tampa, but he's got great hands. Um, never drops the ball. Always where he's supposed to be. He's not really going to run away from anybody, but he's get enough separation. To be- and that's your third string, you know, tight end. You know, our, you know, our third string, our fourth string running back is a guy they drafted in the third round two years ago. The offensive line, Tristan Wirfs. If you're paying attention to NFL, maybe the right best right tackle after his rookie year. Probably was the best right tackle in the league. Alex Kappa, who's the right guard, uh, there's this incentive thing for rookies that the NFL does where you're kind of plugged into this algorithm and it tells you if you've outplayed your contract enough to get paid. Alex Kappa made the most money when plugged in that algorithm when they played plugged all the everybody on the rookie contract in that algorithm and it spit out this person needs to be paid this much money at the top of the list making the most money was Alex Kappa. Ryan Jensen was a big free agent signing a couple years ago at center. Had a bad year uh, when Bruce Arians uh, uh, coaching staff got here, which is another tier one coaching staff. I really can't talk about how enough about how good they are. He skyrocketed. Some people think he's the best center in football. Ali Marpet, another very underrated player who's a top five guard in the NFL, but just hasn't got his accolades yet. And then Donovan Smith, who Buck fans have been banging on forever. And I get it. He's inconsistent. Uh, He's up and down. But since B.A.'s team has gotten here, he's gotten had his two best years and he continues to improve people like PFF just came out and put the Bucs offensive line top five. I mean, oh, oh, yeah. Wide receivers. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Oh, you got Antonio Brown. Oh, yeah. Tyler Johnson, by the way, which you drafted, you know, in, in, in the third or fourth round or fifth round. Actually, uh, we wouldn't have a fourth round of that year. We used it to get Gronkowski. Uh, you know, he made plays during the playoffs, can't get on the field. Scotty Miller, remember that big touchdown against Green Bay? He did the same thing against Vegas. He can't get on the field. And, and so tell me where, tell me where the weakness is on this offense and tell me how they're not going to score 30 points a game. Tom Brady's not going to turn the ball over. No one's, who's going to drop it? I, it's, it's who's going <laughs> to, I mean, really, I mean, and then yep. you know things. Yes, things will happen. People will get injured, and all that kind of stuff. And all that could possible. And I, you know, and I could be absolutely wrong. But if you're going to lay a bet that the Buccaneers' offense scores thirty, averages thirty points a game, are you going to bet the over or the under?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always bet the over anyway. Doesn't there matter. You the team. I'll always bet the <laughs> we over. Want to see exciting football. <laughs> I like to see exciting football for sure. But I, I actually. Uh, Rem, before we let you go, I want to ask about actually um, the ownership um, and yes. the
4: Glazer family. Oh, here we go. Because
1: <laughs> because over here, obviously, we have close. I'm very ties interested to the UK.
4: in how they're viewed over there.
1: Yeah, we have close ties to the UK, and obviously, they own Manchester United Football Club over in Manchester. And we saw there a couple of months ago that there was a big protest movement against the Glazer family, including one day. Storming the stadium and having a, a match to be cancelled just because of how this was the, over the, the Super
4: League, right? It Super was over League, the Super exactly. League, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay. yeah, yeah. I am so it, it and look, I am a Man United fan as well. So I've sort of ha- been paying close attention to the Glazers ownership mm-hmm. since two thousand and five, and you know this is probably the first time they have fans have really made a big effort to sort of you know try and try and force their hand a little bit. Sure. Um, so they're kind of seeing poorly there how is the family seeing over in Tampa um, probably obviously right now everything is rosy but before right. this past season you know how how had things been um, with the Glazers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers
4: well let me say this first that the way that the Glazers are visible and uh, active and I don't know how they are active in the community for Manchester United Uh They're not. Okay. Well, the way that they're, they're not too visible. They only give like one interview a year, but I've heard that the Glazers have given like one since they've owned the team menu. So like you got like, so as a fan being over there being a menu and things aren't going as well, or like, you know, I don't like how this is going or my ticket prices are going high or why the hell did you trade this guy? And having getting no answers whatsoever because they refuse to talk, that frustration can build and build and build. And, you know, quite honestly, if you saw one of them walking down the street, you'd probably choke him to death with your bare hands. I get it over here. It's not that like they're they're not super accessible. Uh, it's sort of like a four headed monster that runs it after Malcolm passed away. Malcolm Glazer is a guy who actually bought Man U and bought the box. Uh and I I I know there's Joel Glazer and I don't really know all their names, but there's three brothers. I'm
1: as one of them as well.
4: Yeah. So like you don't get a lot of it, but but Darcy Glazer Katzewitz, who's you know been married, uh she's very upfront. Um and you always see her at like charities, they're very big into promoting uh women in sports, girls flag football they have this thing every training camp called women in red where women like it's 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 especially for women it's not only women but it's strongly urged that you know if you're a dude like like don't come uh but but like you get to talk to the head of scouting in the women in red event like you you can go you can walk up to ba and ask them a question you know and then they have like like all the combine drills laid out and they give away these really nice prizes, like gift baskets worth thousands of dollars. Cause they got, they got, you know, game tickets and season passes and, and weekend getaways to so local places. So they do a lot of stuff with that. And then, um, they're in the community. They're always giving, 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 uh, you know, they just built the out, the indoor facility, which was something that people were clamoring for because if you've ever been to Florida, For nine months out of the year, it is the humidity so thick, it feels like you're walking through pea soup. It's just the way it is. Everyone's Florida, it's so great. I'm like, yeah, come here in July, see how much you like it. (laughs) Like, like, all right, like go to North Carolina. It's much better, much better climate there. But so people went okay. There has been a push of people out there that don't like the glazers and thought they're bad ownership. I never understood why. Like they gave the team everything they wanted they updated if they bought them they 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 built this whole new brand new facility next to the stadium a couple years later they built the whole new indoor facility for them the team has the biggest largest coaching staff in in the nfl which they have to pay you know they they got like 8k cameras like anything they want like they got cryo chambers like the facility's top notch. And anytime they ask for something, they just say, yes, they're just not very out front. They only do one interview a year. And it's usually during the owner's meetings, which they didn't have this year. So we got them virtually. I think it was Joel Glazer. Uh, but I said, Darcy's out there front, but out out front a lot, but it's usually sort of at, at these events where, you know, they'll bring in like, uh, uh like special olympic athletes and they'll run around the field or the players will push them around on their wheelchairs and stuff It's so should be there for that but as far as like sort of answering fans questions or being interviewed by you know the big paper or the local paper no it just doesn't happen but again like you said now you know now you're winning it's like oh but even when we weren't winning i'm like what do you want them to do you know like mm-hmm. you could maybe point at that when they were changing coaches so often that they weren't picking the right head coach or right GM, which is fair, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that they did it. You know, they might've hired a head hunting firm and gave them names and maybe, and maybe they did the interview. Maybe they did pick the wrong person, but I-, I don't, I don't know if that's enough to say bad ownership, but being on your side of the fence where you've never heard from them, they don't do anything in the community and any little thing that goes wrong. And then, like, and then you're like, yeah, well, we know this tradition that's been around forever where like, you know, like, you know, the little parish club can come up and have a great season and then make the premier league and maybe make a run. And because those last four that interchange, which I think is brilliant. I think it's a great idea. Like, no, we're going to throw all that away. And we're going to take the six most lucrative teams so we can maximize our money and, and then getting no answers for, you know, the decade or two day, I don't know how long they've owned them. Um, but I know it's been a while and getting absolutely no 16 feedback. 16 years, I think. Yeah. Getting no feedback from them whatsoever, what they're doing when things go wrong, when things go right, you know, you know, I, I, I completely understand the frustration I'd be right there with you. Like these people freaking suck, but I just I don't understand, I'm sure they have a reason why they treat their teams differently and their mm-hmm. fan bases differently. I just have no idea what it is. Plus, here's an interesting fact, when they do do their interviews, you are not allowed to ask about Manchester United.
2: Oh. oh.
4: <laughs> okay. So that's another reason why you don't get a lot of answers, because uh, they'll just like they tell you like don't like it's off the table, like completely off the table. And, like, I don't know if they threaten people with their credentials. Like, if you ask, we'll pull your credentials. I don't know. But it is it is definitely made very, very clear that you do not ask them their one interview a year. <laughs> you don't ask them about Man U. <laughs> And you can't ask Darcy about it because she's all in the, the philanthropist sort of role with mm. the Buccaneers. And uh, she, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say she doesn't know they own Manchester United. That's stupid. But, like, you know, she, she has, I think, Personally, I don't think she has any involvement with that whatsoever.
2: Ren, I just have to say this. I'd be absolutely remiss if I didn't bring this up. The uh, My favorite throw from the Super Bowl had to be Tom Brady on the boat, throwing the Lombardi to camera Bray. How did you feel about that? How were the fans feeling about that? Because I thought it was brilliant.
4: Yeah, it, I mean, it was awesome. You know, the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup in the bubble up in Edmonton just a few months before and in the middle of COVID, and everyone's like what are we gonna do for parade like like i mean come on i mean you know like you don't win this every year this, this is something special so they came up with this sort of boat parade which was a lot of the players were like on jet skis uh and there'd be like two hockey players on a jet ski and when they'd ski around and they'd go up and you know there's just the tampa river kind of goes down I guess, south for a while and then makes almost a, like a U-turn and then, and then flows back up north. And that stretch is about two, three miles long. And that's where they do it. And then uh, so the boat parade, everyone thought it was cool. We're only, you know, there's not a lot of cities that can do that. So when COVID was still happening and the Bucks won the Super Bowl, they put that together within two days. And, you know, it was just, it was it was cool to see. And, you know, this is coming from a Bucks fan. Like, let me start, I want to go back a little bit when we signed tom brady or say the buccaneers time tom brady uh the Peter cast had on a beat reporter from the patriots we had him on it's kind of like okay what are we getting into here you know like you've followed this guy for like five years been there every day at practice ask him questions and he starts out and he goes before i start i just want you to know that it's my honor and privilege for five years just to ask questions to tom brady and i'm like what the what like you're a reporter like what are you doing saying that it was your honor and privilege just to ask him like what huh now one year with tom brady not 21 i can kind of understand where he's coming from like you know that like like when people say he deflates balls you know uh deflate gate and the whole fan base comes out and goes you leave tom alone or we'll, we'll kill you and i get it i get it because this guy he just he's, he's clutch he comes through every time so so i get that so seeing tom sort of not be interview tom brady because he watches interviews they're terrible they're just mm-hmm. god awful i'm i fully expect him to start doing a watch commercial next interview like like <laughs> oh yeah well you know on that pass i thought well let's see what time is it oh have you seen my invictus watch because if you follow his instagram <laughs> like uh, he he, he follow, he's this he's with this watch company he promotes it all the time but you know, sort of let Tom let his guard down, and then when the video showing him of like the third string quarterback holding him up because he was yeah too he's drunk. Locked coming off the yeah tr- yeah, <laughs> yeah and he's like wow <laughs> it's like it's like yes Tom yes you're human you know it's like you know I, like my girl like you know I think was Angelina Jolie Angelina Jolie was on like a talk show a long time ago and you know she's like super sexy all the time and her you know she always got duck lips on and and my girl looks like TV and goes like. Calm down and have a goddamn fudge sickle. Like, seriously. Like, <laughs> like, why do you gotta be like that all the time? And I think that was sort of in the same vein. It was really nice just to see Tom, like, you know, and if you saw the video, his daughter's like, Daddy, no. And he's like, rawr, rawr. <laughs> yeah. he has so, sickles
2: <laughs> Yeah. So it was, yeah. So Tom Brady
4: had a bunch of fudgesicles. that had keel in them, like, apparently. So yeah, it was great. The whole boat parade was great. I didn't go. I watched it live um on a few different streams, like uh, of course all the reporters were live streaming from their phones. And then a lot of the players were on Instagram live streaming it. So you, you got to be inside on the boats and you know, everyone's taking shots like they're like the offensive line took a shot with the mayor, uh, you know, and, and VA actually, or yeah, BA actually tossed the, the Lombardi to Tom's boat in the first place, much shorter pass, but yeah, it's just something that's special that not a lot of cities can do. And, you know, watching Tom unwind and, um, uh, I know it's not him that does his social media, but whoever he he has hired to do that, like they're really really good at it, and it's it's the whole thing's just fun. But you know, winning's fun, so I'm not gonna you know Tom Tom Brady's fine, I, you know he <laughs> like he's great. So uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, he's got a lot of supporters. So yeah, that was that was that was a good day. It was a good day.
1: Yeah, I think I think the son has definitely agreed with with Tom. He's, sort of, he's definitely. Um, not the sort of robot Tom Brady he was there yeah. in in New England, especially I think with the uh, with the the match I think that's what they call it, the one that he's doing with Bryson DeChambo and chambo mm-hmm. and uh, Phil Mickelson and Aaron Rodgers, the little pre pre match video link up they had just hit uh, taking shots at Aaron Rodgers throughout the whole thing as well. It's just he's just having a great time at the moment. He's just loving life there in Tampa Bay.
4: Yeah, yeah, it, it's good to see. And and I hope that New England fans are happy for Tom. Uh, and I hope they're enjoying sort of like seeing this side of Tom. You know, it has nothing to do with me or the Bucks or Florida or that New England's bad or Belichick. Well, it probably is Belichick. But, you know, like for them getting to have Tom all to himself, all to themselves for those years, I just hope they can, you know, that they're also appreciating and, 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 you know, joining in on the fun of, of tom being able to sort of like be tom more often than than he's allowed to or used to or felt comfortable doing
1: for sure well we're going to wrap things up in, uh, here uh mm-hmm. thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today but before we let you go uh where can uh, people find your uh, podcast and your socials uh
4: that's a great question um, I'm at the Petercast on Twitter. Uh, I think we have a Facebook page, but I hate Facebook. I think it's stupid. It's dumb. It's a monopoly. Um, so I don't go on Facebook anymore. So don't look for us there. Uh, uh the best place to find us is on Twitter at the Petercast. You can find me at Rendax uh, on Twitter, but I've also sort of abandoned that. Uh, because I'm fully on the on the Petercast. But you should be able to find. The Pewtercast, uh, our podcast, on all uh, the major podcast networks. Plus, we have a YouTube channels. Type in the Petercast. It looks a lot like you're looking at now. You know, it's, uh, you know, guys, we're talking, you know, Buccaneers football. Um, right now, our most recent ones, we were checking in with the other NFC South team. So we talked like you guys. We went and got, you know, found some newspaper reporters and some beat reporters and some TV reporters and brought them on and said, okay, uh, you know, last season ended what happened, you know, who'd you bring in, who'd you lose, who'd you draft, what's the, you know, what's the outcome. So, yeah, we all kind of do the same stuff. Um, But, yeah, if you want to talk to me and if you have any questions um, and you don't want to put it out there on Twitter, feel free to slide into my DMs because I can talk (laughs) Buccaneers football with you there as well, too.
1: Excellent stuff. Thanks so much uh, for taking the time to speak to us again, Ren. Really appreciate it. Hopefully we'll have you on again, if not before the season, definitely at some point during it
4: yeah anytime man like uh, i love talking buccaneers football and uh, honestly i'm a little disappointed this is over there's no more questions like 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 nothing now uh
1: we could probably go for another few hours but i don't have a joe rogan style podcast here now oh, I, can't, fair I, enough. I can't go for two three hours we will we, we'll put that in the uncut version maybe fair later on in, behind the later scenes. on behind mm-hmm. the scenes you know we'll put it behind like a patreon or something like that we'll do there you go it, if we can do it in the future but before we go guys if you haven't already if you're watching us on youtube please like this video and subscribe to the under center podcast there uh if you're watching us on twitter at the under center pod make sure you're following us there too Uh, instagram at under center pod as well facebook.com forward slash under center pod also the audio version of the show will be available wherever you want to listen to your podcast so just search under center podcast you'll find us there but uh, that is all the time we have for on this show jake and fionn thank you as always thank you Thanks for uh, we'll be back soon um obviously we won't be talking about off-season teams anymore we'll probably be looking ahead to mini camps and maybe doing our way too early probably a uh, record predictions soon as well and we'll probably look at back at that uh fondly when we're halfway through the year but that's all the time we have for in this show thanks for watching and we'll speak to you again soon